Welcome to the Nerdtastic 4 Podcast. I am Kern. And I'm Rose. And it's just the two of us today. Chris and Desmond couldn't make it. And we do have something special. We have a guest, Kimmy, with Golden Lasso Girl Cosplay. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Golden Lasso Cosplay, or I, on social media, I'm known as Golden Lasso Girl. So that's what okay. people kind of started calling me. Okay, awesome. And uh, we're going to be talking with Kimmy today. She's our special guest, like I said. Uh, she does a lot of great cosplay. She's got a lot of things going on. Uh, but first, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself as far as, uh, I guess, maybe uh, what what you do? You have some blogs and some social media stuff. You have the cosplay, and you did get to see Wonder Woman. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, she's probably one of the very few people limited in, in, uh, that's listening here that's actually got to see it before all of us. So, uh, Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I'm a total nerd and a geek, so it's super exciting to be here talking to you guys. Um, I'm probably best known for my cosplay. I, as I said earlier, I go by Golden Lasso or Golden Lasso Girl um, on social media. I'm obviously heavily inspired by Wonder Woman. Um, that was my first cosplay ever. That was about six or seven years ago now. Um, nice. Yeah, so it's been a while. Uh, I really love doing cosplays with uh, really realistic materials. So my Wonder Woman cosplays are all real leather and real metal. Um, and yeah, so it's lots of fun. I do a bunch of other characters as well. Um, I do all my own costumes, you know, sometimes I'll, um, hire a friend to do bits and pieces if my day job is taking too much of my time or something, but the craftsmanship is something that I really love doing and that I really care about. And it's great to like stretch, you know, my abilities. Um, so I also have a blog where I put tutorials, um, random articles about nerdy things that I like to write about, um, a lot of Wonder Woman stuff, obviously. Uh, also, tabletop gaming is something that I love, so that's there's a lot of that on there. Uh, you know, thoughts on movies, trailers, things like that, and that's at goldenlasso.net. Um, but it's a side thing. I don't post there as often as I'd like, but there's a lot of stuff there. If you're looking to, you know, do a Wonder Woman cosplay, there's some tutorials there and different things like that. So awesome. the blog is the uh, is what was the blog name again? Goldenlasso.net. Okay. Goldenlasso.net. Yeah. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's also, like, a, a lot of pictures of my cosplays and stuff there, too. Yeah. I, uh, you know, on your you have a, you have a Facebook page that's uh, also in... I was looking on there, and uh, I guess, you know, because you said it was six years ago when you did your first cosplay. So, uh, to where you are now, the video that I saw shows your workshop that you have now. And that's a pretty serious workshop. Yeah. I mean, it looks yeah. really cool. Yeah, that thing is huge. And, I mean, there's a lot going on in there, even just when there was nothing going on in there. There was a lot going on in there with all the equipment and stuff that you had in there. At, at what point did you finally get to the to – the, because obviously you didn't – I mean, I don't know. Maybe you did go out on your very first cosplay and, and do all that. But a lot of people, as they build, they, they say, okay, I need a bigger space. At what point did you decide you were just going full-blown with this and then you create this bigger space that you just decide you, you have to have more? Right. Oh, man, I mean, from the beginning, like, you kind of want more. There's, like, never enough space when you start doing things like that. I had the advantage of being a, doing costuming as a hobby for, like, years before I ever, like, knew what cosplay, like, in quotes was. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, like, historical reenactments and things, Renaissance fairs. So I've been sewing for a really long time and creating things for a long time. So I'd always had kind of, like, a small, like, sewing slash workspace in my house somewhere, usually. Like, my right. sewing machine on, like, a table somewhere. Um, when I started getting into cosplay, it, like, it, this stuff just started spreading around the house is what it happened. 
Um, so it's like, all right. Yeah. So there's like my little corner that's like completely full of stuff and slowly just started taking over like the nearby areas as well. And then like any like just empty, like flat surfaces started collecting things. So it started to be more like a survival mode for, for my husband to be like, okay, we're going to give you like a space. So you can have all your stuff and it will live in a place and it will not get all over, all over the place. Right. Um, Right. So I'd say like I started getting my own like kind of room for it, uh, probably like four and a half, five years ago. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. So I've been doing it for like a year and I got, I jumped in with both feet because I've been doing costuming for so long anyway. Um, so I started like buying all this equipment and like I needed big flat table space and things like that. So then, um, uh, about four years ago, we moved into the house we're in now, and one of the things we were specifically looking for was a place that had, um, like, workshop space for me. And he, he's also in the film industry and stuff, so he has a lot of uses for that space, too. And often I'll help him with um, costumes for his his movies and stuff. Oh, very good. Um, cool. So it's kind of like a dual purpose. Right. But usually, you, it's like 89% of the time mine, so it's great. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I heard I heard Rose giggling a little bit when you were describing how it was in the beginning. Are you yeah. kind of experiencing that, Rose? On oh your yeah. Right now? <laughs> <laughs> like I have my own space. It's not it's not super big, but it's its own space. But yeah, stuff gets in the living room and it gets everywhere when you're trying to costume. It's just Absolutely. inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Especially right. when you're working on a deadline. It's like Comic Con's coming yes. up. I've got like two weeks, and suddenly it's like all you're doing is working on that and like eating and going to work and coming back and working on that again. And it's just like, it just like takes over everything. Is it it just the nature of the beast or, or what? Because, you know, I've had projects that I've done in the past and no matter, and I kind of hear what you're saying on the cosplay, but no matter how like my good intentions are to like finish early, (laughs) it never happens no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. And and it always seems like that, especially everybody I'm seeing in cosplay. I think that's a very um, average thing to have happen is just... You're like, oh, man, I have six months to get this thing done. And then you're like, oh, well, I could work on it tomorrow. Oh, I could work on it the next day still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you think after this many years, like, I would be a better planner (laughs) than that. But I'm not. And even if I plan well, there's always the thing. It's like, okay, I can definitely do this piece in, you know, these two pieces in six weeks. No problem. And then, you know, it'll get there, and then they'll, you'll inevitably, like, oh, I need this one thing, okay, it's going to, you know, I have to wait two days till I can get down to downtown LA and get that, or this and that. So there's all these little delays that then mm-hmm. slowly start eating away at the time, and suddenly it's like, oh my god, I have three days of Comic Con, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm just going to not sleep. That'll be, that's my, that's my that's, answer. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's my great plan. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I see people posting stuff and they're like literally in the hotel room the night before yeah. Comic Con yep. finishing their <laughs> finishing their cosplay. I am that so guilty of that. Yeah. Right. Although I gotta say I the last couple of costumes I got done, I got done like within a week before the con. Nice. Uh-huh. And it's just so like amazing. it's such a great feeling to get it done early, but it just doesn't happen that often. Right, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing when it does, though. And it's nice, like, once you start getting a, a collection of costumes and you can be like, okay, I'm going to make one new one for the con and then I'll wear these two the other two days. Yes. So it's like you're all, you're not trying to make stuff for every single day of the con. Right, yes. Oh, man. So you, you do a lot of conventions, I'm guessing, in California because that's where you're from. What's, what's your favorite convention? Oh, man. I mean, San Diego Comic-Con is kind of like, its own beast. Like, yeah. it's, right. there's no comparison. Beast, beast is a good description. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, 
I yep. mean, it's kind of like the the penultimate uh, event of the year. Um, I love I love it for so many reasons. I'd say like actually WonderCon, which is in Anaheim and yes. run also by the same company that does San Diego Comic Con, is my favorite convention to go to in cosplay. Um, just because it's the, the the hotel's like right across the way there. It's a little bit smaller. It's very focused on. It, it's not quite so crazy. Um, okay. And, you know, since it's more local, a lot of my friends go. Uh, but San Diego Comic Con is is like the ultimate experience. It's like, like nice. four straight days of crazy like nerd culture. <laughs> they shut down like most of the the gaslight district. district oh yeah. You know, San Diego. You can't drive down there. You walk only. Um, yeah. So you come back from that like so exhausted, but just like, oh my god, you know, it takes like a week to recover. So I think right. those are my two favorite ones for totally different reasons. Right, right. And, and I agree. Uh, San Diego Comic Con is just such a massive beast that yeah. I think the people that really do like to go to the Comic Cons, I think they should at least try to experience that at least once, right. you know, even if they don't go all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's huge on on the level that it is because of. And, and this is what I love about it, and this is what I what what I hate about it. All at the same time, is it's got so much of the of the uh, the social like the entertainment that's out there yeah. that, that comes in that really drives that because you've got that you got that Walking Dead panel where people sit in lines for a day or longer in the Hall H line. So a couple they days, the, yeah. yeah. So they could just get in there and see that one panel. And and I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I mean. I, I don't care how much I love something. I can't commit. I can't commit that much time to sit in a panel to see something that I could probably watch later on YouTube. Right. So I, I, I want to hit all the other panels. You know, I want to see all the other stuff. And uh, that's what I. You mentioned WonderCon. Uh, well, before I do that, but you mentioned the ga- the Gaslight District and everything like that. That's the cool thing also about San Diego Comic Con is there's a lot to do outside of the convention. Right. You don't yeah, even really have to have. If you don't get a pass, you could still get a lot of experience down there by just the surrounding area. There's so much going on. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing about Comic Con. Like you said, like I, I don't even unless I have I'm either on a panel or have a pass into a panel where it's like my friends are on it and it's a smaller panel. Like if if it's a four day event like that and it's just such an expensive event, like I don't want to waste hours waiting in line for a panel. So right. I almost never go to panels at, at actual Comic-Con, even though they have really great content, and there's some people who are very into that. For The thing I love about it is the ambiance. You go, like, you have this massive dealer hall with everything you can think of nerd-related. You've got, like what you're saying, all these, um, you know, entertainment companies coming down. They take over the restaurants in downtown, so you'll go, and instead of it being, you know, a burger joint, it'll be, you know, something that's super themed out for a specific show, you know, there's the parties that they throw all over the place every night, which is, it's just like this nerd takeover of a town, which right. is yeah. a, an epic experience and an amazing thing to, like, live through as a nerd. It's very empowering. Uh, <laughs> but for actual, like, comic and, like, convention content is not necessarily the way to go. <laughs> yeah. And and right. I like, you know, the San Diego Comic Con, I like all that cosplay stuff. So I like to yeah. see all of it. You know, my, my, that's one of, that's one of my favorite things is to go and see all the cosplay, see yeah. all the awesome stuff, whether it's a, a, you know, a gender crossover or whether it's just some kind of a mesh between two other types of, you know, things that they mesh into one cosplay. Like I saw a, a, a zombie, uh, Dorothy from the wizard of Oz. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I've seen a, a few other that, that people kind of blend. And, uh, 
and that's what I also liked about WonderCon was because you don't have the big entertainment aspect at WonderCon that you get in San Diego, so there's not a lot of that craziness that surrounds it. But there's still all this awesome cosplay that's going on at WonderCon, pretty much at the same level as what it was at San Diego or what it will be at San Diego. And that's what I liked about WonderCon, because you had mentioned that, uh, is getting to be still in that whole huge mass of cosplay people without really having to get into that huge deal at, at San Diego. So I feel like I get my fix. If I don't get to go to international San Diego, I still get my fix. Yeah. 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 The similar vibe. WonderCon is very much like Comic-Con was like 10 years ago. Right. So before it became like this crazy pop culture and this this thing that's basically been almost taken over by the movie and, and television industry. Right. Because um, that's really like their place of, to unveil all these you know new things about the movie. It's, it's become so, so marketing driven that it's right. really hard sometimes to find like fan and creator driven content there. Creator right. driven as in like comic creators, not movie. Right. Yeah. It was it was weird, you know, because you know you're talking about the fans, uh, you know, a lot of people, and me included, you know, you go you go to some part like that, and your your hope is that you get to run into somebody that that you really <laughs> admire on TV, you know, whether right. it's you know uh, you know um, somebody from Walking Dead or you know whichever show. But uh, you know, I bring up Walking Dead because uh, a couple of years ago, I, I remember it was about two or three years ago, I was there, and I had my son with me, and they had a Walking Dead little display down on the main floor and Greg Nicotero was there and uh, he I I, I met him uh, he took a picture with my son and then what was weird is that I kept randomly running into him (laughs) all con lawn for the next three and a half days to the point where yes it got very awkward because I thought I'm like oh my god he's gonna think I'm stalking him and like you know and I don't want to be that guy you know because I'm the kind of guy I'm the kind you never of want to be that guy. No, I don't want to be that guy. I mean, like, if I see somebody that I'm going to geek out on, I'm going to go up to them and I'm going to be like, oh, can I get a picture or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And if they're like, no, I don't really have time, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to be like, yeah. okay, yeah. that's cool. You know, like, I'm okay. not going to be like that fan that, that has that entitlement. Like, what do you mean you can't take take a picture, you know? Right. I'm not going to be that guy. So I ran into him so much that I, I when I would see him coming, I would literally turn and go the other way. It was so weird. But it was cool. It was cool that I got to meet him and everything. Don't get me wrong. He was a really great guy. It's just, it, just, it was weird because I've never ran into somebody like that so many times in, in one four-day right. weekend of Comic-Con. Right. Yeah. And it's amazing because, I mean, Comic-Con, I think now it's somewhere near, I mean, it's over 200,000 people going. Oh, it's so insane. the chances of you actually running into somebody... Are, are very low. So the fact that you ran into them that many times is yes. funny. Yes, um, crazy. And it's interesting because, um, like, I, I am familiar with and I, I'm friends with a couple people who people, like, are celebrities, quote, celebrities. Uh, and um, they actually, for most of them, their schedules are so drilled in and they are, they're almost never in a public place without escorts right. and things like yeah. that. So it's become a place where it used to be where you could walk around and run into somebody. And it's almost impossible unless they go rogue and they're like, "Hey, no, I don't, I don't want people. I want to experience Comic Con like, uh, like it sounds like he did." Then it's it's really actually very hard to just like randomly run into some celebrities yeah. at Comic Con anymore. Yeah, you're right. Because um, Adam Savage from MythBusters, yeah. he, you know, always does his Adam Incognito. Yeah. And so one year he was doing it, and uh, me and my son were walking around, and he posted on Twitter. I got the Twitter feed, and I'm like, "Oh, he's on the floor." So we go, we we start looking for him, you know, because he's he's wanting people to find him in that costume. So he's he's 
posting little hints as to what his costume is, his cosplay mm-hmm. is. And uh, that particular year, he posts something like, uh, I'm not human. And then he, a little bit later, he posts something like highly decorated. And so I'm like, okay, that could be like military or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking around for him, and he has an Admiral Akbar uh, cosplay. <laughs> but the Admiral uniform that he has is like the old, like, I don't know, like this from the 1700s naval uniform. Oh, you know, wow. with long tails on it and everything. Uh, it was it was awesome. But the reason why I say that is because we got to meet him, we ran into him, uh, and then I wound up getting passes to his Mythbusters panel as a result because we found him first before anybody else. Nice. But, but he had, I can't remember the lady's name, but you know he has his people there right with him, like you said. And they were like, Rushing, rushing, rushing. Okay, we, you know we got to we got to keep going. We got to keep going. And then the next day, I was doing an interview with the 501st Legion, and he came walking up in a Chewbacca outfit. And people <laughs> were wanting to take pictures of him naturally because he pulled the pulled the headpiece off. And uh, and the same thing, they were all like, "We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go." So yeah. a lot of that time, you know, like you said, they're on a schedule, and some people don't really get that. So when yeah. that person says, "No, I really don't have time to do pictures." They really don't have time to do pictures. They're not just being a jerk, you know. Right. They actually have to get to the yes. next thing. Yeah, and I and I saw that firsthand. You know, with that lady, she's like, "We got to go, Adam. We've got to go. We've got to go." I mean, like, <laughs> he wanted to sit there and take pictures. You could tell he wanted to take yeah. pictures. Yeah. We've got to go. Yeah. And so, so people need to consider that that these guys are extremely busy and they do get loaded up at those cons like that. Absolutely. Well, it's a huge business opportunity for them. Um, like, uh, like. Some people I know have, like, hosted, uh, you know, if they're hosting panels, for, for the most part, if they're a known uh, celebrity or known personality, they're getting paid quite a lot of money, generally, to host those panels, and sometimes even sure. beyond the panels. So, like, them getting to the panel on time is not like, like me, when I do a panel, like, it's me and my friends are like, hey, let's do a panel because we love this thing, and if, you know, it's not, it's not going to affect my bank account if I get caught up in traffic or whatever and I'm running late, it sucks, but whatever. But then it's like an actual contract that they've signed, and you know it's it's part of an, uh, an obligation that they have to meet. Right. And they back right. they 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 have those things back to back. They have appearances at the after parties and at specific locations at specific times. Um, so it's that while we feel like it's a busy couple week couple days in a week, uh, it's incredibly busy for the personalities. Right. 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 Yeah, I. I uh, I love going out. I mean, yeah, ideally I always like to run into people, but yeah, like I said, I I, I don't get butt hurt over it if they tell me. <laughs> right, right, and that's happening even more because like there's so many of them now that are doing like uh, the paid appearance thing where they have like a booth and you can go and pay two hundred bucks for a picture or whatever, um, or twenty bucks for a signed print or something like that. Like as that's becoming more and more of an option, there a lot of them. Not Adam, obviously, because he loves, you know, he's he's part of the tribe. But a lot of them are, uh, you know, actually trying to make themselves more scarce. So that's their, your, you know, your one opportunity to, to meet right. them. Right. Right. Supply and demand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, cons are, like, I always love going to cons. So that's, um, that's, that's, that's one I'm definitely going to have to go to someday okay. uh, when I get enough money to fly out there and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so, do you have besides your Wonder Woman costumes? Do you have another character that you really like? Like, what's your other favorite? Do you have one, or do you just like like a lot of them? Uh, I love a bunch of different characters. You, you dropped out for a second, so I had trouble hearing your, your question. I think you asked like, do I just do Wonder Woman or do other stuff? 
Uh, what's your favorite besides Wonder oh, Woman? Uh, that would be Big Barda. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I love her so much. She's my... I love Wonder Woman. Barda is like a very, very close second favorite. Uh, so I have my classic Big Barda cosplay, which is actually real scale mail that I spent months making a couple years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty epic. Uh, and then I have my uh, bombshell Big Barda design, which actually was an original design. I had a bunch of friends when the first year they did the DC bombshells, um, before there was a comic, it was just a couple of like collectible statues. Right. A bunch of friends who got together and got a cosplay group together. Um, and I heard about it, and I really love like the vintage pin-up-y look of it. Um, and I was like, hey, I'd love to be part of this. But then they had all the characters that I wanted, like Wonder Woman, were already right. taken by other people. So I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so there was like, some options, because they had a couple characters that hadn't been claimed. And I was like, oh, I don't really feel... like I, I only want to do like characters that I care about. Or not right. That I like bond with, that I have a, a connection with. I didn't want to just do any random character just to be in the group. Um, right. And I realized that Big Barda did not have uh, a design yet. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, do you mind if I do an original design to go with the group? Like, no one else, everybody else had like official designs um, from Aunt Luca, Luca uh, Lucia, I think. Um, but so they were like, sure, no problem. So I did it and I made it. And it's actually kind of like this incredible story. Like, I was wandering around. Comic Con with two separate groups because another group saw my pictures like, hey, you want to walk with us this other day? So I walked by the DC booth and uh, the gentleman, Jim, who's in charge of the bombshell line actually saw me and uh, gave me his card and they ended up purchasing and using my design for the DC bombshells comics. That so, is so <laughs> awesome. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, he was a huge Barter fan, too, so he's like, oh, my God, I love your design, and we sat there and, like, he doubt, I had no idea who he was, um, for, like, 15 minutes on, like, all the different aspects of the design that I'd used. That's Barta, awesome. Yeah, Barta used to be uh, an evil character, and she kind of, like, redeemed herself and, like, ended up, she was one of the female furies of Apocalypse, and she was their leader, and eventually she was, like, uh, transformed and fights them, and now is for good, so I actually used... Like um, a German pilot's hat to like represent that time, a World War Two German pilot's hat to represent that time she'd been like a bad guy. And, right. Like, I, I went a little crazy overboard with my like overthinking of my outfit. Yeah, it's a good thing because yeah. they ended up loving it and actually using it, which is really cool. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like every time I pick up that comic too, I look at it I'm like, oh, that, that's so neat. That was it's me. Really <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it was neat. Yeah, that's totally cool. Yeah, I've I've seen that I've seen that cosplay and I and I saw that where you had posted about DC picking that up and that was awesome. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a a cosplayer dream kind of I feel like because we so often cosplayers we emulate what the artists make and yeah. getting it to go back the other way is just so cool. Yeah, totally mind blowing. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a good that's a good point. I mean, literally, <laughs> how often has that ever happened? I mean. You know, everybody that they usually do, like, their variations of a, of a character, you know, like we were talking before, they'll, they'll do their variety of it, you know, like, whether it's a female Thor, well, now there's a female Thor, but before, you know, or, or whichever, but to have somebody like that take notice, be like, you know what, that's, that's, that, that looks going in our comic. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's the only case that I've heard of, and it kind of made some, you know, some waves in the cosplay community when it happens, because... Usually, like, like, you know, just like you said, like, we usually are looking at these drawings and these designs and trying to figure out how to recreate them in real life. 
to have it go the other way in such a direct way. Like, they literally, like, stitch for stitch, like, it's my costume in that book. Um, like, they, they didn't really make any variations, really. Uh, it's pretty, pretty crazy and amazing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome, too. Especially since you were just walking by. Yeah. I mean, you know, because had that guy not been there at that exact time. It would never happen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> talk about timing. Everything yeah. that happened that day, whether it went wrong or went right, put you at that spot for that reason right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, and the fact that he was such a big Barda fan, that he could look at that costume and be like, oh, my God, that and that, you did that because of this and their history, and that's amazing. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. And, and, and the post that I saw where you had done was also uh, in regards because you had commented on that outfit being picked up by DC, but you were also commenting on how other cosplayers are adapting that look into cosplay now. Yeah, that, like they're, that using, they're using your, they're using your Barda idea, basically. Yeah, it's that's super crazy. Can I, I just want to say, like, that blows my mind every time I see a cosplayer when they tag me and they're like, "Hey, look, Golden Lasso Girl! I made your big Barda." It's just like, yeah, it's just amazing. It's just a character <laughs> that means so much to me. So, like, yeah. part of like her actual like not canon history, but part of her universe and like have permanently contributed in such a meaningful way. It, it's just it, it's mind-blowing and very cool <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like yeah it's like ultimate nerd girl dream there right? i feel like yeah. Oh, yeah yeah i mean yeah i wish i wish i could have enough talent to even think about coming close to doing something like that I, I you know i like to do cosplay and stuff but like i i can't sew i mean it's not that i can't sew because i think anybody can do anything if they take the time to do it and learn it but right. I just don't have that time and right, patience right. Yeah, to to mess with it. But you had talked about on your other big part of costume that you did scale. Now did you do did you do metal scale or did you do leather scale? No, it's it's metal scales. They're aluminum scales. Oh wow. So they're bright blue aluminum. Um and uh, if you go to goldenlasso.net you can see there's a there's a picture gallery and I or my cosplay gallery there. And there's pictures there. If you on my Instagram too, I'm sure it's there somewhere I post right. fairly often. Uh, but yeah, no, I, that's one of the great things that I've loved about cosplay is I've always been um, kind of a artistic-minded person. Um, I'm not super talented artistically as far as like drawing and painting and anything that would be normally considered art. Um, I did get a leg up because my grandmother, when I was young, we used to sew Barbie clothes together a lot. And Barbie clothes are very tiny and very good training to sew actual things. Um, so like using costuming as a medium has been really great and teaching myself new things. Um, and so it was amazing when I, when I first got into cosplay, um, it was just kind of on the verge of like really exploding into what it is now. So there was some things that Warbola wasn't on the market yet, um, which is, <laughs> yeah. you know, the thermoplastic that a lot of cosplayers use. So there were a couple things, um, there was Wonderflex, but it was expensive and hard to use, and you had to, like, bondo it to get it smooth enough to then paint or anything. Oh, um, Wonderflex. Yeah, Wonderflex, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, like, one of those things. So I'd go around the Internet, and I'd, be, I'd, I'd, and I'd find places because, you know, making Wonder Woman, I wanted it to look real. My first Wonder Woman outfit, I was lucky enough to have a blacksmith from, from the Renaissance Fair make my armor for me, but I wanted to be able to learn stuff myself and do it myself. I didn't want to have to keep relying on commission pieces. So right. I'd, like... At one point, I was, like, talking to people in, like, an automotive forum about how to, like, make paint things to look like real chrome 
and things like that. It was just crazy, oh, yeah. like that the reaching out and the crazy places I found myself on the internet that had nothing to do with costuming that I learned like really cool things about that I could use for costuming um, and learning all these new things. And one of the things that I learned, obviously, at, uh, was the scale mail, which is really fun. And it's like hardcore knitting. It's very, it's, like, yeah, yeah. It's very tedious. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, it's like you sit in front of the TV and you watch, like, I think I watched, like, the first season of Attack on Titan while I did the top piece and goals. <laughs> and all this stuff but it, it's very fun to learn these new things and I make you know and I've used scale mail bits and things since then because it's a great kind of accent and it's just so fun to learn these cool new things yeah I uh I went to that renaissance festival a couple of weeks ago and, and I don't know as I'm sitting here thinking about it because when I was at that Renaissance Festival, I was walking around, and, and that particular every weekend they have um, and Southern I, California one. Yes, yes. Oh my and, gosh, um, you should tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, were you? I was there on the fourteenth. What was Mother's Day? The fourteenth. Is that right? Yeah. Whatever uh, Mother's Day was. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. I was there the day before. Yeah, and and so on the day that I was there, every weekend they have something different. That's kind of like their main main deal, and and that day, or it might have been the whole weekend, I don't know, but it was a cosplay weekend, yeah, so they were basically yeah. inviting people to even come in their normal cosplay stuff, you know, I mean, it was no big nice. deal, so there was so many people that I saw that, that had, like, uh, Renaissance medieval style versions of, uh, <laughs> of, like, you know, comic cosplay stuff, like, there was, a, there was like, a, a Wonder Woman there that... Very simple, but it looked cool, you know, with with the bustier and everything like that. The long dress, uh, very. Oh, cool. that was Kit Quinn. Ah, maybe so. so she, yeah, that was my yeah. friend Quit Kit. She's got her basic traditional Wonder Woman, but like the long skirt with the stars right. on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does she have a shop that's out there? Uh, look, um, she's Miss Kit Quinn on Instagram, okay. and uh, I think it's the same on Twitter. Uh, okay. If you if you Google Kit Quinn, she's amazing. Um, and uh, she and her soon-to-be-husband run Solo Robotic Industries, and okay. they do a lot of really awesome prop work and prop making. Uh, he does incredible, like, Winter Soldier arms that are, like, locking together mm -hmm. magnetically and stuff, so it's pretty incredible. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw her that day, too. She ran, she stopped yeah, it. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm walking around, and, and I guess I'm coming to the realization, because, uh, you know, I'm saying I, I'm not good at sewing, I'm not good at that stuff, because I just never take the time to learn. It's just like, mm -hmm. I've got so much other stuff going on. It's like, can I really try to take on something else and that answer is really no but uh i used to do uh medieval combat and so when i was at there that weekend i was like just geeking out because i was like wanting to hit somebody with a sword so bad uh was and, it sea yes i used to do yeah. sea and uh and so we used to get into some full blown stuff but i used to make my own armor when i did it. Ah. and so now i'm thinking in my head after after seeing your barda and the scale that's on there and some of the other stuff I don't know, maybe, maybe I can do my own medieval versions of uh, cosplay, maybe. Absolutely. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, amazing. Maybe. You can also make, you know, make some Wonder Woman armor for me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, yeah, because you've got several uh, different looks on the, yeah. on the when, when you look at your cosplay, you've got several different looks on that. And uh, what, out of the out of the ones that you have, because you've got, like, what, yeah, four different Wonder Woman outfits? Yeah, I think so. I think it maybe four or five now. I think um, <laughs> so. I've got the new fifty two uh, with the, the all silver. Uh, I have like the classic one that was my first one um, with like the the kind of an eagle design, and then like the skirts, um, like the the Greek skirt version right. or the Roman skirt. Right. Um, right. I've got 
Uh, I did the DC Superhero Girls version, which is uh, one of my favorites to wear to cons just because kids are awesome and they get, the little girls get so super excited <laughs> for that one. Um, and then I have some like mixed variants between those. Uh, I have a, one that's a little bit more battle. Like it, it has, I use pieces from different ones. I have one that's a little bit more like gladiator. I've got like a shoulder pauldron that I wear with that one. Um, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. It's a whole arm piece, right? Yeah. Right, so, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, that's the Divine Armor one. Sorry, that's the the one that was also uh, by Cliff Chang and the New 52 at one point. She's going down to battle Hades, and she puts on this awesome armor. It's like a full leather arm of uh, kind of, uh, uh, like, articulating. Yeah, it's uh, articulating. Armor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that one's, like, actually, like, leather. Like, I learned leatherworking with that one. Was super fun. I was going to ask, <laughs> did you build that arm yourself? I did, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so is it all riveted? It is. It's all riveted, and it's, like, the, the thick... Uh, I forget. I think it's like four millimeter armor leather. Okay. Uh, so it's all uh, really super hard, but I dyed, I cut it all and dyed it all and, and like molded it um, and like added the straps in the bottom, watching a bunch of YouTube videos and asking people at fair who know how to do that stuff. And right. Yeah. Cause that stuff is, is it, when, when you see somebody wearing something like that, you know, you mm -hmm. think you don't really understand kind of what it takes because when you start talking about articulation of leather, and and it working properly because you think that oh I just can cut it like this and do it like that then when you put it on and you start working it you're like no that is just not going to work yeah <laughs> like yeah. scrap it start over you know exactly yeah so that was super fun too and it was neat because I used a combination of like traditional techniques with that like the articulating arm but um, the the chest piece the red chest piece um, is actually warbler that I then covered with uh, with glove leather. So it looks like leather armor piece, but it was a lot easier to make, and it's uh, and it is much more formed to my body that way. I can make it a little bit more comic booky. The back has like the little like comic book muscles kind of in it. Not that it makes sense that you can see muscles through armor, but that's how comic books are drawn. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, and then underneath is a corset that I made that has scale like scales on it. It's not true scale mail because I wanted the indentation of the waist that comes with an actual corset. So I took a couple of weeks and I individually sewed by hand um, all the silver scales onto and covered the whole oh, corset. Dang. Yeah, but that's cool because it's an, also an, <laughs> an epic piece that I use sometimes for fantasy cosplay and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, very wow. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. It's a hardcore hobby. Yeah, yes. it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta justify having that all that space now that your husband said, "Hey, look, right, exactly." <laughs> now that you have your own space, you have to be like, "Well, this is why I have to use it because I have to do all these hardcore things." Right. right. <laughs> we don't want this happening on our hardwood floors. So we have to have it. Right. right exactly. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we can move on to the the movie. You got to see Wonder Woman already. Which it is did. amazing. <laughs> it's super, yeah, it was it was an amazing, amazing experience. I got to see it, um, I believe it was the 14th, so super early, actually. Wow, so, yeah. Or no, 16th, the 16th I got to see it. So, and, yeah, so do you want to give us a, uh, a spoiler-free, full-blown review on it, kind of what you thought about, you know, in general, and... You know, I mean, you can go into details if you'd like as far as certain aspects, but uh, we just keep it spoiler-free because a lot of people, when they hear this, uh, they'll, they'll ha haven't seen it haven't, yet. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I would never want to spoil this movie for anybody. Um, <laughs> I was incredibly and, like, 
uh, hilariously nervous actually before seeing it. Right. Absolutely. I have not been a huge fan of uh, the Snyderverse DC stuff so far. Yeah, um, I feel at you. All. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's just so bad. Um, <laughs> sorry if you guys are fans, but no, no, no. I, actually, I actually, before you kick off, this was popping in my head, and I wasn't going to ask this question yet, but I'm going to ask it now. Do it. Um, yes or no? Did DC bring it back with Wonder Woman? Yes, a hundred times. Yes. Yay! Right. Yes. So, so glad good. to hear that. Yeah, like, <laughs> like okay, because I'm a ridiculous Wonder Woman fan, and um, my husband and I got to see it early. We actually, um, a few years ago, uh, Rainfall Films did a fan. Sh- a fan That's movie. right. Yeah, so um, I was lucky enough to be part of that. I was kind of like their onset Wonder Woman experts, and I cool. helped. Um, I didn't do the costumes for that because that's when I was like needy making my traditional big bardas. Um, but a couple of my good friends, Heather Green and Sarah Skinner, were the costumers for that project. So okay. it was neat to have a lot of input on, like, that version. Um, and, like, it, it, it's, that short was so popular. It got over a million hits in its first 24 hours. It got five million hits by the end of its first week. Um, and it's sort of one of those things that we've heard and been told unofficially through channels, like, hey, that really showed us that there is an audience for Wonder Woman. Right. And it was like two weeks after, like maybe three weeks after that, that the executives at Warner Brothers started making comments about including Wonder Woman in the DC cinematic oh. universe. Very cool. Yeah, I've, so I've nice. seen that. Um, I've seen that fan film. Yeah. Riley Vanderbilt is Wonder Woman in that. Yeah. And uh, and and yeah, she looks great. I mean, yeah. the the outfit, and it reminds me. Uh, even though now, how long ago did that film come out? That was uh, October of two thousand and thirteen. So okay. they had actually done nothing, and, uh, and there was not even talk of putting Wonder Woman in any of the films at that point, even though they were really far into um, Batman versus Superman. Right. Uh, Wonder Woman is actually wedged into Batman versus Superman um, sometime after October 2013, magically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and that's why there's parts where she's, you know, it does, when you watch that film, seem like she's kind of added in. Um I'm thankful for that because it means that they couldn't ruin her in that movie because right. she's not in it a whole bunch. Um, right. I actually wrote like this gigantic blog post about it after I saw it. So if you want to read uh, Fire Zack Snyder, that's my blog post about Don't Don't hold back. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's something that's always been super close to my heart. And DC has a really great uh, history of their animated films and their animated shows, and I've loved how they've treated right. Wonder Woman in most of those. Uh, so I was just like, was literally like shaking a little bit. We got to see it at the YouTube stage. Um, Warner Brothers ended up inviting a small group of content creators and Brainful Films, uh, presumably because of our short a few years ago, was included in a small group of like 40 people who got to see it at the nice. YouTube stages um, on the 16th. And yeah, I mean, I was, like, so scared, guys. I was so scared. <laughs> Just because I was like, oh, my God, it can't... Please like, don't be bad. <laughs> don't be mad. It's still, like, Jonathan <laughs> should not be saying it's okay to let a bus of kids drown. Like, this thing should not be happening. Um, right. And I loved it. Like, I was in tears multiple times, like, happy tears. And it was just incredible to see everything that I... Things I didn't even dare hope would be in her movie, like, were in the movie and done so well. Um, 
it should go see it. Definitely go see it. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and you've not already purchased tickets, and you should go do it. If it's opening weekend, we'd love to. I'd love to have like a gigantic opening weekend so that DC knows like this is the direction we want our superheroes to go. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people. It, it seemed like it's it's flip flop because prior to I think some of the news that's come out recently within the last week and a half to two weeks, there was a lot of people that was slamming on the Wonder Woman film. And, and, and I don't know exactly who these guys are, these critics or whatever, but mm-hmm. then it seemed like over the last week and a half, it's like totally flip-flopped. There's yeah, so yeah. many people saying, no, this is a great film. It was yeah. done really well. Yeah, and there were a ton of rumors, and I was following all those rumors really closely. Um, a lot of on-set stuff, the fact that it's changed directors a couple times, it's usually a really bad sign for a film. Right. Um, so, like, there were a lot of big warning signs. So, uh, I was, I, it was definitely, like, and there, I mean, you never know. Sometimes these people are, um, you know, upset ex-employees. Sometimes they're people who just, like, wanted something else. You know, sometimes it's completely baseless. And a lot of those articles that you read online are like, Based on, the, you know, this, you know, they, they've changed directors twice for this because of, you know, uh, artistic differences and things like that. That's a bad sign. This movie's going to be, you know, awful. I feel like a lot of those are also influenced by, you know, Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, like all these movies that weren't good. Uh, right. So, you know, when you have that track record for the DC cinematic universe and then you keep seeing these warning signs, it's really easy for people to jump to conclusions. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I was scared because yeah. there are a lot of warning signs for this film. You're like, oh god. Well, and we've uh, talked about it on our podcast before. In in Desmond and Chris, you know, they they weren't able to make it today, but you know, they've gone off on. And Rose could attest to this. They've gone off like on a lot of stuff when it comes to that DC universe. Yeah. And one of the things that they were talking about is, I guess DC has like so many projects on the table right now. It's like ridiculous. They're like, yeah. we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to. I mean, it's just insane. And you go back and you look at all the previous, like Batman versus Superman, so forth and so on, and you're like, how can you like really think you're going to do all this stuff because you're you haven't really been showing very well, and so that's what the big deal was with. And I, for one, was one of those people that was like, if if wonder if they can bring it back with Wonder Woman, and, and if they can really do something well with Wonder Woman, I think that it, some of the stuff that follows that is going to set set that bar a little bit better you know and, and raise that bar so that hopefully everything they do after that will will at least meet that bar it might not exceed it but at least meet that bar if wonder woman right. brings it and it sounds like it did yeah no i mean the movie is incredible my fear the thing i love i mean god there's so much i love about the movie um and and like like i said like i'm not i'm not just a fangirl who's gonna love everything because it is dc uh like my fear is that this course correction has come too late because this does have everything you want in a good film and in a good comic book film. Like it's mm-hmm. not just dark and gritty. Like I like there are moments that should be dark and gritty and there are those, but there are moments that are lighthearted. There are moments where you laugh and it's not like the forced cram down your throat trying to make you laugh of Suicide Squad. Like it's genuinely like magical moments. There's you know, real character development and real connections between the characters. So it's like all these great things that are what we love about comic books, these highs and these lows, you know, all in one story um, that are just so well done in Wonder Woman. But, you know, there's so many projects like Justice League is like so close to completion as far as like when you're looking at the timeline of a movie, 
you know, uh, Aquaman, all these things are already so, you know, pro- they progress so far in them already. I don't know if, the, I don't know, I hope that it, it will make it so if there's a big box office, if this is a huge hit, I'm hoping and, and thinking it will be because it's such a great movie. Um, it, it may be too late to course correct those other projects. Right. Yeah, that's that's something I'd be afraid of because they're they're right in the middle of making some of those. So it's like, well, they can do rewrites and stuff, but not that close. I feel like, and it, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about that too because I'm hoping that maybe for the stuff late little later on, maybe it's it's too late for uh, for Justice League. But you oh, know, yeah. maybe later on down the road, we'll get some good ones. Like they're talking about doing the Batgirl movie, and they're talking about they're doing all that. Yeah. Yes. So hopefully, like those movies will still do well once they learn that if if Wonder Woman's like this super awesome thing, they'll learn. Hey, this is more of what we want. We right. want this character development. We want the genuine laughs. We want all of that. Yeah. So, so l- let me focus on what I remember just like, because I keep diving off because that's like where my head sure. is now. <laughs> and then we can kind of get into Justice League and my thoughts and stuff on how that's going like after Wonder Woman, because I think we yes. kind of did the intro for Wonder Woman. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm going to do this as definitely spoiler-free. Um, so as you can probably tell, there's a big chunk of the movie that happens in Themyscira. Um, right. If you've seen any of the ads, you know that. And if you don't know what the mascara is, uh, it is the Paradise Isle. It's like where one woman grew up. It's an all-woman uh, island um, based kind of in the time of ancient Greece because that's when the women uh, removed themselves from man's world, as they call it. Right. Uh, for me, I, I I adored every moment of that. I'm a huge George Perez fan. Um, and if you are a fan of George Perez's Wonder Woman run, you're going to love the mascara in this movie. It is... It is brought to life exactly from that, and it's absolutely incredible. Um, it's beautiful. One of the things I really loved about it, and as you watch it, you can see the difference. Um, it, they worked really hard to make this this film seem very worldly, so it's not shot on green screens. It's all on real sets. They went oh, all over the world. Cool. Yeah, and it makes That's it feel awesome. real. So, like when you if you look at shots from the set of Themis of Themyscira, they're in these real places. There's like green screens between pillars and stuff, and then they'll put like a fake build, build, uh, like view behind a, a window or something. But for the most part, they are in an actual real city somewhere. Uh, they went to real bombed out World War One towns and things like that. So almost every place you are is a real set with accents of green screen. It's not like what we've seen in previous DC films where it's right. all green screen all the time. So it makes it feel so alive. Um, I love for the mascara they use, and I'm, you've seen this in the, the trailer, she probably seen it, the bright colors. Like, right. it is this beautiful paradise, and uh, the, the culture of the Amazons is just incredible. They spent, you know, a lot of time thinking about, uh, you know, everything from the stitching on the clothing, which of course is what I noticed, to like how the buildings look, to how the women talk and interact with each other, how they show respect. Like, it's just phenomenal job of world building from you know a filmmaker standpoint and also bringing something that's so important to so many fans to life in a very true to comic form which so is so exciting so do we get a really with with that being said do we really get a good backstory on wonder woman absolutely you absolutely do and i don't want to spoil it but it's like if you're a comic fan they don't pull punches and like they don't make it like mainstream so people can understand it. Like they stay true to her. So that's okay. super exciting. Um, awesome. Cause I was one, I was 
kind of worried is one of those things that they're going to do. And it's not like a spoiler. It's not like a plot point necessarily. Um, that they were going to, like, in other things they've done, like, rewrites and, like, oh, we'll, do, we'll switch this around so the mainstream audience will understand. It's like, no, they stay to right. the streets who she's in the comics. And her relationship with her mother, which is so pivotal to her in the comics, is there and beautiful. And, you know, the way she, you know, interacts with the other Amazons and the, the way the Amazons are fiercely proud. And they are badass fighters, people. They are oh, yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh my god like watching them fight and ride their horses around their island you just I got I get, I get goosebumps right now I'm, I'm getting goosebumps yeah I mean, I'm just They're envisioning this incredible <laughs> the stunts and the fight scenes um, like I'm a bit of a connoisseur with things like that yeah and they are some of the best I've ever seen in any film but especially in comic book movies and the thing that's so powerful about it especially with the Amazon section is there's these fight scenes and you look at it and like I like tear up because you look at this fight scene and all of them are women. And it's just like incredible to see these incredibly badass warriors that are just amazing. They're so good. They're so good, guys. Right, I'm getting a little excited. <laughs> no, no. I, this is awesome. Yeah. So, and that was one of the things that was really important to me because Wonder Woman was a really important part of me growing up because of like that relationship. Like I grew up um, my dad wasn't around for, for part of me growing up, so I lived in a household that was just women. So ha- that having, and it was a, you know long enough ago that that was still considered weird, and like people would make comments and things like right. that. So having that Wonder Woman character come from like this all-woman tribe and still be <laughs> this wonderful thing like was really important to me as a little girl. So seeing that come to life in such a great way was, was amazing. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Because I, I, I have this really on-again, off-again relationship as far as a fan regarding Chris Pine goes. <laughs> how how well did he do? He did really well. I I, I feel you with that. I was a little nervous <laughs> about that. Right? Um, he did a really great job. And it was also it was a really rough, well-written part for him. And he also does a great job with it. So, like, you kind of get the little bit of douchebagginess at the beginning when you're first <laughs> meeting him. But, like, as he goes, you realize, like, oh, this is really a good person. Um, and, and, like, he does the right thing. And it, he did a really, really excellent job. Um, and it, it was interesting because one of the things uh, that, that I don't, I'm trying to decide if it's too spoilery or not. Okay. You're assuming that your, your audience has, knows the basics of Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Yes. So basic. Okay. So I, I'm assuming that too. So you know, you know there's the, the love story between them. So if you don't, anybody listening, if you yeah. don't know the basics, then <laughs> spoiler alert, possibly. <laughs> spoiler alert, possibly. There is a romantic uh, connection between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. So, right. uh, and I, I love how they handled that piece in the film. Um, they did a really great job of having it be there, but it's not the motivation for any of the characters to do anything. Okay. So it's really, yeah, it's really great. Like, it's a great addition, but you could remove that part completely, and people are still going to do the same things they did in the film. Right. It's not like, it's not like front and center, look at this romance. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's not like Wonder Woman, like, like, gave up her life to be with him. Like, she went, and you can tell this basically from the trailers, too, to go do the right thing and right. everyone's going and doing what they think is right and it, along the way there happens to be some romance so that's a great kind of uh, 
a, a great change from what we tend to see in a lot of woman driven, you know, woman led films where they're, you know, love or lack of love or finding of love is like the main motivation and the main plot point. So that was also something I was really afraid of, and they kind of steered away from that. And but but it's not lacking. So it's it's a yeah. great kind of balance of those two things. And that's the that's one of the things that I've got a question on, and I'll ask that here in a second. But you know, it seems like with a lot of movies that are out now, is like if you laugh your ass off the entire time, or if it's like constant action. Some people think, oh, that's a badass movie. And and it's like, so in regards, you know, what I've seen in the trailers for Wonder Woman, I'm like, this looks fantastic. And I just hope that I didn't see all the badass stuff in the trailer. Right. So, so how is the story? I mean, is it a great story blended with the action? Or is, is it a lot of action and the, the story's kind of blended in with the action? I mean, what would you say on that in regards to... The, the whole story that we saw, or that you saw, I should say, in Wonder Woman? Uh, I think they hit a, a really great balance. Um, yeah, they do, there's a, a the, the action they have is incredibly badass and incredibly well done. But there's also points where you're just hanging out with the characters and getting to know them. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I thought it was a really great balance. Um, you know, there are going to be those people who go to wanting to see an action film. Mm-hmm. And like in the trailer, we see her shopping in, in London. Which is to me, I think that's a, it's a great scene for me, especially because I love you know fashion and clothes and costumes and stuff like that. <laughs> but so like, there's gonna be those people who are like, oh, you know, who don't like that. I don't feel like any. I don't feel like there's too much action. I don't feel like there's too much non-action. I feel like they do a great job that's appropriate for the story. Um, I'm not gonna say it's fighting all the time, but when right. there is fighting, it's incredibly well done, and there's enough of it to make it seem meaningful. Um, hmm. They do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I a good. Kind of counterpoint to that would be, I think, um, uh, uh, Captain America. There's a lot of action in it, but there's also scenes where it's him, you know, adjusting to life, you know, in the new time period, and you know, and saying, you know, when saying goodbye to in that relationship building with Peggy and all those things too. So it, it there's enough there to also have a really great story and connect with the characters, which right. is hard to do in a movie that's all just fighting. That's awesome because yeah. you know I. I grew up in a time and and saw movies and you know read books and stuff like that that there was that it, it was that it was like a story it it developed you know and you once that story was being told I didn't have to see a lot of explosions happening as mm-hmm. long as that story was grabbing me and right. keeping me intrigued through the story and and I think where a lot of people they don't realize that stuff. I think they if it's you know explosions and and if they're if they're laughing because it's funny, it almost is like it didn't even have to be that great of a story because they had a good time because they laughed and they saw a bunch of shit blow up. Right. But and that's kind of what I felt like when I and not not going too far off course, but that's kind of what I felt when I watched John Wick too. It was like okay, okay, I get it, I get yeah. it. You can kick people's ass. I don't need to see you kick like. 10,000 people, you know, at, at one time, you know, it was just like, it was just gratuitous, you know, right. it was so, so much. And that's, that's what I feel like some of our movies are, is like the more we kind of keep the brain flashing around and with all this action, we forget that the story really sucked. That yeah. it wasn't good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I was hoping that not, that didn't happen, I guess, for Wonder Woman was that it was a great, a great story along with the action. That was Absolutely. good. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, and that's one of my biggest complaints about Age of Ultron. 
Like at some point, you kind of just become desensitized. Oh, there's another. Oh, there's another ultra. Okay, oh, they're fighting them. Look at them all. Oh, they're still fighting them. Like you just become so desensitized because it's just like unending battle scenes, which sometimes without any um, like weight to it or you know things like that. And I, you know, while I love the the general Avengers movies and Marvel, you know, has been doing a much better job in my opinion than DC. Like, that was one of the kind of the low points where there's, like, just this unending, boring battle scene where you kind of are like, oh, I wonder what time it is now. Like, while you're in the theater, that's never a good time. You start wondering about other things. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't <laughs> get that in one moment. Yeah. They, the battle <laughs> scenes are concise and meaningful. You know what the objective is. So I think that's one of the biggest complaints I have a lot of times in movie back fight scenes is they're just fighting, and you don't really know what the goal is. Um, right. So there's always, it, it's very clear what the goal or what they need to do in the fight scenes, so which, is, which is really great. And they do a great job of making everybody um, uh, valuable. So, like, Wonder Woman will be fighting with, you know, soldiers, and soldiers play a part, too. Like, she's not, like, some god-like figure who comes in and, like, saves the day for everybody and nobody has to do anything. She does a great job of working in a, as a team, in a team with, with mortals, too, which is really kind of a neat thing to see. Right. Awesome. So how how were the special effects? I mean, yeah, they were really amazing. Like that's something I'm a bit of a connoisseur of because that's one of the right. things that my husband does for a living. Um, there were a couple moments where you're kind of like, uh, but I'm also like super picky with that. But for the most part, like I said, they tried as much as they could to film it all in real places. So that really adds to it. Instead of you know spending gazillions of dollars creating a whole fake world around them and then at, you know having special effects on top of that. They have this real world already, and they're just, like, adding to it. So it looks really amazing. And actually, if you watch some of the behind-the-scenes footage, you can see, um, uh, like, there's that scene in one of the trailers where Steve Trevor's kneeling at Aunt Themyscira and the golden lasso's wrapped around him. Um, they Actually, that's, a, that's an actual practical prop. Like, it's not... It, there are parts where the golden lasso is CGI in the movie, obviously. Right. But as often as possible, they use, like, an actual glowing... Uh, a rope thing wrapped around that's him cool. instead of having it CG all the time. Yeah. I love, like, that's the type of filmmaking I'm super passionate about, and that makes it seem more real because you get, you know, the light bouncing off of the lasso on Steve Trevor's chin and things like that that they add in later if they have time sometimes with CG, but also it just makes it seem real. So yeah. it's very cool. Now, I totally yeah. forgot about this aspect of Wonder Woman because I've, I've always <laughs> been just caught up with, like, visual things. And it's been forever since I've seen anything Wonder Woman related. Like, probably since, um, what's her name? Uh, Carter. Uh, Linda Carter. Linda <laughs> Carter, yeah. Uh, the lasso. That's a lasso of truth, right? Yeah. When she wraps it around somebody, they, they have to tell the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I was trying <laughs> to remember that. Yeah, and it, like I said, they didn't pull their punches with, uh, with the stuff from the from the comics. So it's it's pretty cool. Like all that stuff that I was like, there's no way they're gonna give her like like in one of the versions of the comics more recently, they they the lasso like turns into a whip and stuff like that. It's kind of like, uh, but I know they stayed super true to to George Perez's version was super highly influencing on the movie. There are a couple of moments if you're a fan of the New Fifty Two and the Wonder Woman run in the New Fifty Two. Or Justice League in the New Fifty Two, um, you'll you'll see moments that are completely pulled from that as like an homage, but not in like a weird way, um, which is super cool. Uh, so yeah, you can you very clearly see the fingerprints of the comic book on the movie, 
unlike what we've seen to kind of like with Batman for Superman and Superman or Man of Steel, which are kind of like taking something inspired by the comics and completely changing it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So that brings a, a question in mind because you had talked about how there's a lot of aspects in this film that they're holding true to the comic. So mm-hmm. there's like things that are like holding true to that path. Now, as somebody that might be going into this film, which there's probably a lot, that don't have that background with Wonder Woman as far as the comics are concerned, mm-hmm. how does that, how, I mean, is that still going to be a great movie for anyone to enjoy, whether they're, they're versed in the comics or whether they're going in to see Wonder Woman for the first time? I absolutely think so, um, especially if they are fans of kind of the comic book genre uh, of, of movies, not, even if they haven't read her comics and know things about her. Um, I mean, there are things, you know, like, you know, her being superpowered and things like that, that if you're going in wa- wanting to watch a World War One film, you're going to be a little like, uh, but, you know, <laughs> if, if you're going in expecting to watch a person with superpowers and extraordinary abilities with a little bit of a crazy backstory, you know, work to save the world, you're going to love this movie. You don't have to know the, the little, ex- uh, you know, eccentricities about her backstory. They do a really great, t- great job of taking time to kind of explain things, too. So even if you don't know what, you know, the golden lasso is or what it does, you know, uh, they do a great job of explaining what you'll it is and what it does yeah. in, yeah, their, in their universe. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. So it's really great. And I was actually very surprised and pleased, like I, I ranted on about how awesome, awesome the Amazons were, that they spent so much time building that up. Because I was kind of afraid it was going to be, you know, all take place in, you know, World War World War One, and like this little flashbacks to Themyscira. That's such a pivotal part. It's like the foundation of who Wonder Woman is completely. So the right. fact that they spent, you know, a good amount of time there building that up, and you actually see her kind of progress and become who she is, is a really, it's a really great origin film. And for, in, in my opinion, it's it, it's better than Thor. I think it's better than Captain America. So it, as far as the origin story movies, right? Um, so I, nice. think, I think it's really good. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing is that you said something. If you're going in thinking it's a World War One film, I mean, if you were really going into this film <laughs> not knowing who Wonder Woman even like right. is in general, you don't need need to know every aspect of her. But at the very least, you know she's a comic or a superhero. superhero yeah, at least. <laughs> you know, and, and that that kind of reminds me going back to Deadpool. All these people going into <laughs> Deadpool, you know, taking their kids and stuff, thinking, oh, man. and it's like you should. You know, just because Deadpool oh, yeah. was on the uh, cartoon of uh, Spider-Man does not necessarily mean that your kid should be watching this version of Deadpool. And so hopefully they at least know that much about Wonder Woman when they're walking into it that uh, that it's not a World War One film. Right. I know, actually, as a you know, historical costuming saw, they actually do a pretty good job with the whole World War One aspect of it. And I really like the fact that Wonder Woman generally, traditionally, is in World War II. I love the fact that they bumped her earlier. Um, right. It fits really, really well with kind of the history aspect of it and kind of, like, her as well. It's, uh, you know, it being the world, the war to end all wars is something that you can see being a very compelling um, motivation for all the characters. So it's kind of a neat switch. Um, and, it's, and it's kind of amazing. I don't know. I, I really ended up liking that that piece of it. Man. I mean, I thought I was excited to see this film before. Now I'm just like, I'm just going nuts. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I can't so wait. Yeah, and yeah, people are going to love it. And actually, one of the cool things about it, too, is it is much more lighthearted. Um, and I think, even though I think it has a PG-13 rating, 
Um, I think that it would be fine for for ten year olds and up. I mean, I mean, obviously there are, there are kids who can see it probably eight and nine too. Like it's up to the parents. But right. there's nothing in this movie. There's no like graphic sex scenes. There's no there's fighting and there's violence, but there's no like grotesque violence. So it's like people get you know you kind of see people blown up and fly and people get shot, but it's not like blood and guts everywhere. Right. It's like that. So uh, there's a lot of movies that and. The, most kids, by the time they're that old, especially in the United States, have seen things similar to that. There's not blood oh everywhere. Yeah. Fights people with swords and things like that. But it's not. It, there's no nothing there. Um, obviously, at parents' discretion, that would I think would keep uh, kids a little bit younger than 13 from seeing it and very much enjoying it. Nice. So, so that sounds awesome. Like I said, I'm totally excited to see this now. So, let's scale this for you on mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten. What would you give this film? On a non-bias, I know you're Wonder Woman, girl. <laughs> but on a non-bias, what would you say on a scale of one to ten? Oh man, okay. Being uh, super duper, super honest, uh, it, I, for my expectations, it was over a ten. But for actual like looking at it, I would say it was easily eight and a half. That's, so that's yeah, good. so and yeah, this it, for me that's really good. And I'm a super hard grader. Like anyone who's ever been in any of my classes will tell you that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> So that's, like, it's up there, like, for me, it's above, like, Thor and Captain America. It's not right. quite at, you know, the first Avenger, or the second Avengers, or, um, like, Guardians of the Galaxy level. It's right. somewhere between, like, those origin stories and those, like, the, the team movies for me. It's in that range. And it's awesome. eons above any of the DCU stuff so far. I was, yes. I was a little bit worried about Gal, because there's not really a lot of acting we've seen from her previously uh yeah. she nailed it 100 percent. really it's such a great job i was worried i was like well maybe they'll be able to write the script around uh you know around her and make it seem you know good enough that it's like oh fish out of water uh she'll she'll be able to pull it off she actually nailed it and she was the, the film was at its most compelling when she was there and everyone around her does a really great job of supporting her so i was really 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 happy to see that very cool good yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it now. Yeah, I was totally. worried, and now I'm just excited to see it. Yeah, I know. Go see it. Wear your tiara when you go. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that you said that this one was better than the other DCs because it had to be. I mean, yeah. it really did, honestly, yeah. in my opinion, have to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, yeah, because there's so much on the line for them. And, and I know there's those people that are out there that are like, they're either like hardcore Marvel are their hardcore DC and you know we had a guy on our show a while back with uh, Screen Addicts and I actually uh, you know uh, was a guest on their deal but he's hardcore DC he's anti Marvel mm-hmm. like crazy yeah and so you have those people that are out there that it's like they're just gonna hate on one or the other no matter what right and and so you you put all that aside and everything and then you know listen to the people. That can give a non-biased, you know, mm-hmm. opinion on it because that's that's what I was wondering is that when I was hearing all these critics, they're like, "Oh, this movie's terrible. It's garbage. It's blah 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 blah." And then all of a sudden, in the last two weeks, I'm hearing, "Man, this is fantastic!" Right? It's like, you know, holy crap! Did those were those guys just talking out of their butts before <laughs> they hadn't even seen it? Right. You know, well, that's the thing the too. Like they've only been letting critics see it in the last two weeks. So the people who were doing those articles and those reviews before are either like have ins- quote insider information, which is often rumors, or are just speculating. So right. yeah, there was a very small hand, like 
like people involved in the film maybe had seen it before that point, but they just, I believe the press screening for it was only like last week. So the actual reviewers and people and, and lucky fans and some people like that. And then the premiere was, um, was a few nights ago. So that's this just been the last two weeks that like it's really been released and people are actually seeing it. So what we're seeing now are the review are the reviews and the reactions to actually the populace seeing the movie. Which right. Is right. Very cool. Yeah. Super Heck cool. yeah. <laughs> All righty. I think that's going to be it for today. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks Fantastic. so much for coming and talking to yeah. us about the movie and everything and your cosplay no and cons. Yeah, no, I had a great time. Um, and let me know if you want me to come back after everybody sees it and then we can talk specifics. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love to do that a follow-up awesome. and like, <laughs> go into full-blown spoiler because that's the one thing that we, we do is we'll, on our normal show where we all have seen it or the majority of us have seen it, We'll, we'll give basically what you did, a spoiler-free, and then we'll go into full-blown spoiler and say, this is what we didn't like, this is what we did like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I'm a little less hardcore than, than Desmond and Chris because they're like the comic guys. Yeah. And, yeah, they're, I mean, sometimes I feel like a fish out of water with those guys because they, you know, they talk about certain things, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I didn't read that comic, so I can't really say, you know, mm-hmm. overall I thought it was an okay movie. You know, right. Whatever. So I'm a little bit out of out of my element with those guys, but yeah, I, I think that'd be great. I'd love to be able to do that. And yeah. uh, real quick before we sign off, uh, can you let everybody know everything where they can find you again? I know we talked about it earlier, but <laughs> on your cosplay and, and your channels and stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, I am uh, Golden Lasso Girl on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Um, it uh, my blog is goldenlasso.net and I am doing all things cosplay and comic book and tabletop RPG gaming related um, except when I'm doing my day job which is teaching in the school so yeah, come check it out (laughs) Awesome, thanks so much for coming Yeah, Yeah, absolutely Where can we find you real quick? I know everybody knows but Uh, (laughs) Noodorama Cosplay on uh, Facebook, that's pretty much it, Uh, Rosie Raman Instagram, uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You can find all of us at the nerdtastic4.com. Sure. Uh, we're we're all together now, and there's a big, huge nerd. What is it? The nerd podcast mafia. Uh, we're all in the big website now, so you can catch all our stuff and all of their stuff on there. But yeah, we've got I a hope, pretty big community going on now. Yeah, I hope awesome. everybody listening enjoyed Kimmy and the Golden Lasso Girl cosplayer it was pretty yeah. awesome so yeah thanks everyone every everything that i have is kern the nerd so whether that's instagram <laughs> facebook xbox live whatever i game i do all kinds of stuff so it's all kern the nerd so feel free to hit me up again kimmy thank you very much for being on our show yes. we really appreciate it my pleasure all righty guys we'll talk to you later bye <laughs>